0: Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast, the podcast for professional turf managers. Here, we talk about the profession, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning and operating a turf management company. Whether this is your first year in the business or your 20th, our discussions and special guests will help you continue to grow a successful business. Now, here are your hosts with 35 plus years in the green industry, Kevin and Doug.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. It is myself, Kevin Salters, with our co-host, Douglas Gray, and today we have a, a guest from southern Florida, which is much warmer than us, Evan Knowles of Elite Environmental Solutions. Good afternoon, Evan. How are you?
2: Good. How are you guys doing? Well, Awesome.
1: <laughs> but Doug's in a sweatshirt. Yeah, I just shed you know layers, and you're in a t-shirt, so I think
3: you're doing better than <laughs> us right now. <laughs> you know I'm cold if I'm in a sweatshirt. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's um, it's it's warmer down here, that's for sure, than you guys. But it's it's cooler today. Yeah.
1: So why don't you just give us a bio of you, how you started the company itself, and exactly where you are located?
2: Yeah. Uh, so I've actually been in the landscape management for fifteen years or so. Um, My brother actually has a maintenance company. Uh, I worked for him for several years, uh, ran guys, ran jobs. And honestly, we went through different companies that were not quite the turf managers that we wanted. Um, So I finally said, you know what, let's let's step back. I'm going to go work for somebody for a little while. Uh, and I went back to school at the same time, then got, got my license to, for LNO and, uh, GHP. And, you know, honestly, the rest is history. So I I started my own in February of 19 and, uh, haven't looked back. Awesome.
1: So I'm looking at your social media and I just see big tractors and sexy things and really cool. Cause you're, you're doing some large properties. I mean, you're interior Florida, right? You're Wellington, Florida, which is, what's the n- nearest big city that most yeah, people know? So,
2: so we're, we're in Wellington. We're based in Wellington. I do a lot of uh, Wellington north to Palm Beach, uh, north of Palm Beach County, yeah. uh, which would be Jupiter Island uh, mm-hmm. and Palm Beach Gardens but a majority of what we do is the equestrian farms in wellington got it and with that you know it's a wide variety of what we're doing so it's they all have for the most part some dressage fields that are going to be a couple different varieties of bermuda uh and then they their common areas are going to be saint augustine or bahia and these are all typically on two acres all the way up to four five and even 15 acre properties um, and it's just all from four different types of turf on one property
3: so what what is um you, you had mentioned uh well, before we got on here that this is really the start of your season like for your turf season so start like like how, how do you guys like start your season like what products do you use and kind of go through the uh the year and what you know what's the height of your turf that you're you're managing and all that kind of stuff because uh you know as we get to like north carolina south carolina and those areas for warm season i think it's a lot different in florida than it is there if i'm not mistaken
2: right so Starting off just your St. Augustine basic down here, um, we like maintaining that at about four to four and a half inches. Wow. Okay. And this is pretty common. Um, we'll start, honestly, the way we program things out, we're on site every month and sometimes multiple times a month. So with with it all depends on the clientele with the St. Augustine, uh, the maintenance really isn't there. It's all on a preventative maintenance, uh, programming. So all your pre-emergence, we try to start doing our preventative fungicide applications, October, November, um, this year, honestly, that wasn't the case. Just, we were so much warmer than usual. Um, and then we'll lead into our Empire Georgia, uh and, and a couple different varieties of Georgia which I find we have better maintenance um, progression if we maintain those, depending on the variety, around that inch and a half to two and a half inches. Okay. And, you know, every quarter we're we're treating for – Pre emergence, we're doing worm applications from sod web worms, army worms, grubs, uh, just timing wise. And then we get into our different varieties of Bermuda. And typically, the Bermudas are what the equestrians are riding on. Okay. So, what's us Good. Pre-
3: I'm sorry.
2: What's that? No, good. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Um, So with, with the, with the equestrians, we have to build that turf as much as possible before they start riding in anywhere from October, November, or December they're in and they're riding seven days a week. And they could be on a field that's a half acre or five acres. And so I'd like to do a lot of, um, soil health applications just to build a healthier soil. Um, using a lot of um, chicken poultry and, and manure or and whatnot, um, sludge, we do a lot of that. And I'm actually getting ready to start another round of, I have a product I don't, that, I, that I throw, it's just straight chicken manure. Stinks to high heaven, but it works. <laughs>
3: I wish we you know i know down there i have a couple people i can buy chicken poultry from down there and i wish i didn't have to pay all the freight to get up here because it's relatively inexpensive down there and it's uh yeah it's it's like wow (laughs) because by the time i get it up here it's it's right around the same cost as everybody else anyway but um Mm -hmm. so what's your pre-emergent of choice down there
2: or uh for either um I mean, I, honestly, I rotate a lot. Um, every quarter, I, I about I'm doing something different on a pre-emergent. Okay. Uh, Why is that? The Biggest one, I'd say. Perdimine is okay. our, our go-to. Um, I use a lot of uh, Ronstar. Okay. Now. And that depends on because we do we also do grow-ins, okay. so all summer long we're we'll get some fields that come through and we'll we'll start with a pre uh, preplant and so on. And um, if I can get a granular star down, that'll be that's what I would do over anything else.
3: Is it because uh, like I don't like I don't know the weeds that go down there. So is it because of goosegrass? Um, for the Ron Star,
2: or is it um, so, for other? Yeah, goosegrass for sure. Um, tropical signal, crabgrass. Okay. Uh, it does help on the broadleaf. You know, you'll still have some flare ups yeah. here and there. Uh, but grassy weeds are our worst enemy down here. Okay. Do you have Dallas grass down there? Uh, we do. I, I haven't dealt with it just yet. Okay. Knock on wood. Yeah. Okay. I was just
3: curious. Um, because we battle it up here.
2: Yeah, it's it's a hit or miss to be honest. And to me, ninety percent of weeds that we see are brought in
3: okay.
2: from you know, other landscape companies that are going through or whatever the case may be at that point.
1: I'm just um, googling all these products, Ronstar. I'm I'm not familiar with that, so I'm I'm looking all this stuff up. Um Prodiamine we use up here, we use dimension up here a lot for our, our pre-emergence as well yep. um
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you That's say what, you're doing every quarter so you're doing re- literally four times a year you're doing a pre-emergent
0: four, wow. four
2: times a year typically typically split applications so anywhere from four to six times depending on how, how the weather's going for the year
1: so wow everything's trying to get you down there i mean if you go in the woods there's spiders, snakes and alligators that want to kill you and you go on the lawns and everything is just just trying to grow in your grass down there you're just constantly battling
3: well the grubs down there is to the size constant. of a small dogs so. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah down there it's it's crazy that there's so much adversity to the turf and we think eh. cool season grass is difficult and up here, you know, we just think, ah, warm season's gotta be easier. But now the more and more people we speak to about it, you guys have got some pretty good challenges.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, I, I sometimes I gotta step back and realize down here, Mother Nature's is it really is in charge. Um and we're never we're never gonna be a hundred percent. There's just no way around it.
1: Yeah. So I, I could see that
2: we we do what we can you know we we i try to be up front with customers like and tell them listen we can be anywhere from 90 to 95% covered but we're going to have flare ups we're going to have hiccups with weeds diseases insects and nutrient deficiencies you know it's it's never ending so we we can't stop everything
1: and, right and i think that sh- maybe because we're the guys out doing it that should be expected. I definitely mm-hmm. preach that to my clients as well, that, you know, like you said, Mother Nature, we're just guiding the ship the best we can. And that that ship could hit a sandbar. It could hit <laughs> could hit bad seas. It could hit smooth sailing. And every year is different. And, and Doug and I talk about that all the time. I mean, even this year was an anomaly up here where we had so much rain. And last year, we had zero rain. Uh, literally right. 100% humidity and water this year and you couldn't buy it there wasn't none to sell there was, there wasn't any around so it, it's always always crazy now i just i just wanted to before we get going back to your company how many people do you have um what you know what's your team like
2: so it's it's myself and i have one technician um so there's two of us wow and we do about uh 2.1 million square feet okay um And they're, they're on the higher end, uh, residential. So we're, we're on site multiple times, um, a month just to really, we do a lot of IPM, you know, if we can use a backpack, we're going to versus trying to pull hose. We, we run two LNO trucks, um, that are rigged out with, you know, your typical 600 gallon tanks, uh, with two drop tanks. And then we also run um gators with 100 gallon skid, uh sprayers in them. Mm-hmm. So we spray a lot of fields with those. Uh it makes it easier. We do a couple smaller HOAs um that it it works out to to do those cuz and honestly just just from listening to you guys using the Steel Greens, I've looked at them and demoed a couple. Um but down here, I've really contemplated that it takes a, a hundred gallons an acre to really get some results and to to fine tune that down, man, I have a hard time doing it it's It's crazy It, yeah. it takes some practice and it takes some getting used
3: to. but you know, you know if you're i, I mean how big are your properties? I mean are they on the average, I should say? You because know, we've had on this conversation average, with people.
2: On the average, an acre and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's multiple fill-ups on one stop at that point.
3: Well, oh, I mean it. It's it's something you got to get used to, I believe. I mean, you can change mm-hmm. no- nozzles and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you you can uh, you, you, you can play around with it long enough, and you'll figure it out. So yeah. Um, right. Because if you if you spray if you want to spray at two gallons per minute. Yeah. I mean, do I look the best application you could ever have is with water volume. There's no Mm -hmm. question about it. I think there's not many people that would disagree with that, but unfortunately it's, it's more about, you know, if we spray with water volume, (laughs) we're not going to do as many lawns each day. So that's why these machines have come into play and even, you know, up here spray tanks going at a gallon per thousand to get more, to get more square footage. Um, You know, you know, but I know like down, do you battle fungus problems down there? Or is it more insect problems?
2: Um, our Insects are more of an issue, okay. but we do have a lot of disease that kicks in.
3: So that's where the water biome probably really helps you out big time because, Correct. you know, all fungicide labels say recommend two to five gallons of water. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's, uh, I can understand why why you think that way, because I was that way back in the day, too. <laughs> you know, I'd like two gallons per thousand at the minimum. And mm-hmm. when, when I was spraying fungicides, I was at three gallons. Now, I yeah. didn't have the machines that you all have today. <laughs> um, I probably, especially with my bigger properties, I would have changed to that machine and figured out a way to maybe, I don't know, spray it that one gallon and right. then go over it twice or something I don't know or use use a wedding agent with it to get it down something like right. that um, but I, I'm a I'm a proponent of water biome I think it's a, it's a good thing the more volume you have the better but I also understand the flip side of it all so um, but hey guys
1: are you struggling with your social media or maybe you're like Doug and I and just take a ton of pictures and never seem to get them posted in a consistent manner. Well, thanks to Creative Content by Jessica, this task can be completely removed from your to do list. If you're looking to increase both social media presence and your client base, Jessica can definitely help. From a simple post to the complete management of your social media platforms, Creative Content by Jessica specializes in creating and posting relevant material targeted to your audience. You know, we met Jessica and utilized her creativity by creating our monthly newsletter. It went from a simple email that we would send to our clients to a beautiful piece that is now attached to an email every month that our clients get. These same pieces can be printed and sent out as direct mail marketing. Creative Content loves to do direct mail marketing pieces, and this allows you to engage your clients from all different platforms. You can find Creative Content by Jessica across all social medias, and once you reach out to her, just tell her we said hi.
3: So after you get through your, like when you're doing your pre-emergence every month or whatever, and every quarter, let's say, mm-hmm. is what applications are in between? Like you, you you mentioned soil amendments and things like that. How do you, like, how do you go about it? More of an IPM on that as well? Soil testing or, you know, how do you go about that?
2: Um, for the most part, we, we try to do multiple soil testings per property per year. Um Honestly, it doesn't happen to that, but I I try to do at least two per property per year.
1: Okay.
2: Um, to me, I think we should be doing four to six um, down here. Because um, because
3: of the water table. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. During during summer, we're underwater for six eight weeks. Really? Wow!
0: Wow! It's Did some some
2: that. some properties. I mean my personal yard i'm right outside of wellington and loxahatchee and i had standing water for six weeks wow so it all depends on how how the year is going so we're kind of on yeah we want to do soil amendments here but all now all of a sudden we're getting a bunch of weather we got to f- change gears real quick and and try to accomplish the same thing at a different perspective. Um, So being that we're doing our pre-emergence, it's about, yeah, it breaks down to almost uh, every 65, 70 days. Um, And then in between all of that, we're dealing with insects. So we try to do our proper timing for our our white fly and all of our hedges. Uh, and then, cause we, we're not just doing turf on these properties. You're doing okay. ornamentals uh, as well. Correct. Yeah. So we're doing all of our grub applications and then we have our, uh, timing for mole crickets. Uh, we have our timing for, um, sod webworm and army worm, and those all fall in between there. And I, I program all of those quarterly as well. So for the most part, and it just works out to where I can be on the property every month, at least once.
3: What is your product of choice for those insects? Um, Obviously grubs is going to be different inside webworm and armyworm, but uh, maybe it's not.
2: Actually a for all of them.
3: Still using a That's awesome down there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, There's a lot of products down here that just they're overused. And it won't do a damn thing. Such yeah. as,
1: what's an example of an overused product down there? I mean, a culprit. Yeah. Oh wow! Shocker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that uh, just got
3: different. that just got banned here in New Jersey, and that'll be a domino effect everywhere else down the road. Yeah. But it's
2: just a matter of time.
1: And that's yeah. wild, you know, with your high water table and the middle culprit being so water soluble that it's that they've even been using it down there. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs>
2: Honestly, um, I haven't used it in probably a little over a year. Uh, I just – I don't see the results. I'm not going to waste my time and efforts on something i got to go back and treat again.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
2: Um, And I've switched a lot of products over to organic products, Um, neem oils, mineral oils, uh, a lot of different extracts. and yeah it's a contact and you got to do a little bit more but we're throwing in some igrs at the same time okay. to really get some control um and it's your basic you know contact by fethrin and uh asaphate and um a couple different ones that are out there
3: do you battle nematodes down there yes that's yes. that's what i thought because um a golf course that i used to deal with um it's closed and uh the owner um, had a farm down in Florida somewhere as well. And uh, <laughs> we used to ship him nemecure down there when nemacure was around to control nematodes on the farm. And uh, oh, yeah. so I kind of figured that was the case. What do you guys use down there for nematodes? Cause personally, I think there's some issues up here in the Northeast that, Um, It's nematodes and it gets undiagnosed Because it's not something you can just say Hey, that's nematode You know, it's um, up here anyway Um, Probably down there you guys can See it from your pickup truck driving down the road But um, I I do believe That there's some nematode issues going on up here um, That get undiagnosed Because we might think it's drought Or a disease or something like that You know, or another insect
2: Right Um, We deal with it, I'd say at least twice a year um typically it's or we're going through a drought and it does get misdiagnosed but what, what i've learned down here is when i see an abundance of uh spurge mm-hmm. typically we have some nematode issues really <laughs> we got plenty <laughs> of spurge <laughs> of the the soils that are down here
0: yeah.
2: really yeah yeah we uh, uh, that would be it's an awesome crazy. indicator. I never...
0: run.
2: Yes, that would be uh, an but absolute... it can be
3: –
2: Ow. I'm flabbergasted right now. It 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 can <laughs> it can be um, deceiving because uh, I currently just I had nematode issues about a month ago, um, which is a little late. surprising. But
3: yeah.
2: yeah, it's a little late. Um, and this was in uh, Seashore Pass Palace and it's pretty hardy stuff right and the the problem we run into is we have all these high-end homes well they're built on sand (laughs) so those nematodes just come through and they don't have a problem yeah so trying to that's when these soil amendments come in to try to hold some more moisture not only from a root health perspective and a plant health perspective but it stops nematodes from coming up so high in the soil profile
3: I'm sorry I missed that part my dog was uh trying to get out from underneath me and she was like dragging my cords away um what were you saying about that um last <laughs> part
2: so we being that we have so much sandy mm-hmm. soils on these lawns that we'll we'll do our soil amendments that will actually benefit us in keeping the the nematodes suppressed I like beneficial bacteria and things like that. Well, beneficial bacteria is, um, you know, your sludge just mm-hmm. to hold some more moisture in there to sure, thicken sure. up that soil profile. Right, and it, it something about that sludge they don't like it. And so,
1: so you have... don't like
3: you don't like the smell of it. They don't like the taste of it. <laughs>
2: no, you know.
1: <laughs> so why don't why don't you explain what and, sludge is? For us people that don't know what it is, I'll I'll call myself one of the ones.
2: Uh, oh gosh, put me on the spot now. Um, <laughs> sludge is is basically is it like is it like human waste? It, it's basically malorganite.
0: There you
1: okay. go. But okay. a
2: little bit more on the cattle side of manure. Okay, plus got it. And then some. Got it. Yeah. Got
3: it. Okay, um, I totally understand. Yeah, Yeah. there's some, there's some waste facilities that have things like that uh, up here. And it's funny, actually, one of my owner's customers uh, does this over the wintertime and he takes that product and he does top dressing in the wintertime because we can't do applications in the wintertime with NPK Mm -hmm. here in New Jersey. So like you guys can't do it in in, uh, the summer months, Mm -hmm. right? So we can't do it in the wintertime here. So he'll take those compost with sewage sludge in there and just top dress properties with it. And man, mm. t- those lawns that he gets people to do that with, they are incredible. They are incredible green wise. So, um, so at the end of the day, I can understand why something like that would probably be very beneficial for something like that. Have you, has, anyone ever talked to you about using uh, products like Kytosan for nematodes down there? Has anybody ever uh, talked to you about using Kytosan for nematodes down there? Um,
2: yeah, actually. Um, my, one of my consultants has brought it up and he's on the golf course side of everything. That's his background. Okay. And he's brought it up and he said, you know, that it, it, it doesn't hurt to look into it. Um, you know, from not only a nematode side, but just an overall health. plant health,
3: plant health. Yes. Correct. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, and I went down that wormhole and was reading a lot on it. Um, it's, I haven't done it yet. It's just pulling the trigger. Um,
3: they work. Um, <laughs> they're very good for plant health. Very good for um, fertilizer efficiency and things like that. They really help help with a lot of different things and um I think the biggest like I'm not going to say problem with them all is that you know into in in most people if it doesn't give you color in two minutes oh the product sucks (laughs) and that's not what the product does you know it's it's going to make your your turf healthier it's going to make your soils work better So over time, and when I say over time, it's not one application or maybe even two applications, but over time, it will improve the overall health of your plant. It will provide deeper roots. So if you have deeper roots, the nematodes may be there and eating, Mm -hmm. but they will also die from eating, but they're never going to get to the level where you're not going to have roots, so to say. You know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, you guys are sitting in water, so that might be a little bit (laughs) difficult, but.
2: And it's. You know, like I said, we we have multiple properties that have multiple types of turf, which they all have different soil profiles to them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we're we're building these uh, dressage fields that can be anywhere from six inches of straight sand to six feet of straight sand. Yeah, yeah. And one end of the field is completely different from the other end and trying to keep it all in balance it's 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 not easy i don't want to say it's extremely difficult but i think whatever we can do to add to the soil profile and whether it's amending it or adding all the beneficials it still needs to be done versus just throwing all of these sulfates nitrates 100 100 yeah you get some color great awesome i can get color out of a lot of things
3: so uh, color out of sulfur for christ's sake you know so
2: exactly it's you know
3: it's funny because i know a couple guys um one guy works for a company called velagro and I, i can't remember his name off the top of my head but if i looked it up real quick i'd find it but anyway he uh he owned a lawn care business down there as well and this was probably god the last time i talked to him was probably about A good 10, 12 years ago and he was telling me, he goes, oh, yeah, man, I don't even put fertilizer down anymore. I'm just biostimulants, humic acids and things, things for the soils. And, you know, plus in the summer months, obviously, you know, I mean, most people don't probably know this, but I do know it that you can't put NPK down uh, in the uh, summer months because of the uh, rainfall you guys get down there. Right. Um, And that's all he preached. And I was when I when he first told me that. I looked at him like he had 19 heads, like, get the hell out of here, you know, because back then we didn't have the regulations that we have today. And it's like, but now I see what they do just for cool season turf. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, I wish I would have listened to this guy, you know, 12 years ago, you know, so. And and
2: honestly, that when I first got into it, that's what it was. Get the results, spray what you have to spray, you know, from a fertility standpoint to make the customer happy. Exactly. Exactly. And as I got into it and really got into it, I've done a complete 180, and I go after soil health before anything. And it's it's paid off in the long run, in my opinion. Um, Like you said, it it takes more than one, two, three applications to really see it. Well, you know, one, and
3: I'm like kind of, I'm really glad that you're on here talking about this monthly visits and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because you know one of the things we've been i've been talking to with with a few of my customers up here is trying to instead of the six-step program is what we are up here right you know Mm -hmm. maybe seven some people eight and some people go deluxe and all that kind of stuff do anywhere between 12 to 16 applications Mm -hmm. but You know in those summer months i think there's more visits that are required right because you got disease problems you got weed problems you got insect problems how can we expect a product to last six to eight weeks right it's not going to happen i don't i don't care you have the best customer in the world you got the best mower in the world you know (laughs) you're going to have issues in in between there a weed's going to come up uh an Mm -hmm. insect problem might come up a disease problem might come up so if we can shorten those intervals like you're doing in Florida, mm-hmm. and so you know it, maybe not all year, but from like May fifteenth to September fifteenth here, and short nose w- intervals to like once a, every three weeks, every four weeks. Mm-hmm. I think we would solve a lot of our issues.
2: Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I I believe in, in frequency over you know longevity, and to to be able, it's it's a select you know, clientele that you can do that Mm. with of course. And I'm very fortunate to have the clientele that I have, but to even just show face to the customer to know, all right, we're putting eyes on the property to see what's the turf doing. What are your ornamentals? What are your palms doing? We have this, this, and this planned out. Uh, it kind of brings them at ease sort of speak. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time, I should say, but uh it, it frequency is key and you can't go like you said, you can't go in between that far in between applications or even just visits down here, at least because something's going to flare up.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, there's certain climates in the United States that you can. I mean, there's no question right. about it. You know, you go into the cooler climates up in Vermont vermont and all there and then out in like to the mountain areas in pennsylvania absolutely you know and also you know we have uh states and communities that there's not a lot of irrigation in you know Mm -hmm. so maybe that could be the case where you can you know you don't have to worry about it as much but here in new jersey 90 percent of people don't know how to order their lawn or mow it for that matter and um so we have nothing but issues so if we can shorten those intervals i think we'd make a ourselves and our customers a lot more happy in those that four 100%. month time that four month time frame. So um it's just something that, you know, we I've been discussing with a bunch of my customers down here because you know, you, you mentioned it's sand. Well, sand, you ain't getting six to eight weeks out of anything. I don't I I don't care if you're using polyon, boosted with ammonium sulfate to give you color. <laughs> I, I just, you're, you're just not. Uh, um so my one particular customer uh he's just like dude from may 15th to september 15th i am going every three to four weeks and i'm adding two applications to my program yeah and he's like if they don't want it
2: (laughs) i don't know what to tell them yeah Uh, you expect some issues yeah yeah Uh, and it, it it's that's the selling point to try to tell customers hey you know this is where we have our best results at these increments you know yeah it costs a little bit more because we're here a little bit more but you'll be happier with the finished product yep. you know it, it's an investment to what these people are doing to their properties because on the green you know they're, they're buying a 10 acre piece of property and they're building these you know million dollar barns or 15 million dollar barns at that and the horses are performing on these fields or they're in the paddocks that they need to be able to hold up to the traffic. And if we're not there, it's going to cost you twice, if not three times as much to get it back to where you need it yep. to then do it all over. Again. Agreed. So let's be up front and protect your investment with a little bit more protection of more frequent visits, more frequent applications. And, Spoon feed everything, and so I, I and that's a a big I'm a big believer. Like I said, in the frequency where we're just spoon feeding mm-hmm. versus just dumping a pound of nitrogen on a, on a property. You know, even if
3: even though we're say for the most part two and a half inch to four and a half inch cut turf, um, you know, yeah, golf courses are anywhere between God less than a quarter inch on the greens in some circumstances yeah. to Let's just say, I don't know, half inch on the fairways. That's probably too high as well. But um, yeah, they spoon feed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can spoon feed here too. It's just we gotta do it in a different way than a golf course does, or like what you're doing, because we only have a, you know, we're March to let's say November. So right. we're only a nine month season here. Kevin is more like what seven months, Kevin? Yeah, we'll we'll call it eight eight months. Yeah. Eight months. So it's a little bit tougher in that standpoint. Um, but I think what we're starting to see the trend in our industry uh, on the lawn care side is that um, spraying is <clears throat> becoming more popular. Yeah. So, you know, if you're an eight month timeframe, hey, spraying's is going to be quicker. Yeah, I think I think a lot of guys have proven that to themselves. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to go to an eight-step program if you're an eight-month, uh, you know, season. So um, right. it's something to think about. And I know it's going to cost the customers more money, but I do believe it'll actually save them money because they're there more frequently. So
2: I, I um, believe so. And in, in the long run, yeah. uh, you do save a little bit more because you're not having to put down all these fungicides, all these insecticides. That's that's your money. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and you know and they're not going down anytime soon in my opinion
3: well
1: <laughs> that is true well, <laughs>
3: well they're, they're never going to be cheap let's say that right um yes i mean some prices of those are coming down because i think we're just having a global reset in our industry so to say i think mm-hmm. we're going to probably see pricing at pre uh covet numbers you know maybe not fertilizer wise but chemical wise i think that's where we're going from what i've seen so far um you know two months ago i would have told you urea is going to be flat for the next four months and then China china and india decided not to do their tenders and now urea is dropping again so i don't know how far it's going to go i don't i can't say that it will go further but I do believe we're seeing a global reset on things now. The other issue at hand is that there's other countries that are planting, planting, more acres of mm-hmm. crops. So you know they're gonna they're gonna demand the urea, and uh, so that could drive our cost up again. I it's it's I wish I had that crystal ball to sit there yeah. and tell you that oh you know urea is gonna be two hundred dollars a ton come March. I doubt that. Um, but uh actually I just looked at it today and it went up like thirty-five dollars a ton today. So um, but it's been like this, 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 this for like the last six weeks. So um, you know, it's one of those things that it's uh yeah, I think for two and a half years we all probably want to shoot our shoot ourselves with the price of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's I think it's starting to balance itself out. Yeah, there are some products out there that are gonna be continue to be expensive um but you know for the most part they're pretty economical and uh um i don't i don't see them going that much lower than they are now
2: no and and if you're using them right you you can get through no problem with um budgeting correctly agreed and and like you guys preach all the time know your numbers know where you stand know where you're at whether it's per acre per thousand yep, or per visit. Yep. And if you don't know it, figure it out. Yep. It's Cause the, like you said, the, the, the chemical costs, the fertilizer costs, they're, they're not going anywhere. And our our labor rates and everything are just going to keep on going because the cost of living is just going to keep on going. Absolutely. So you got to make adjustments and, and I tried to, evaluate that almost on a quarterly basis not necessarily making adjustments on a quarterly um, but pretty close to at least once a year sometimes twice a year depending on how things are going sure
3: you know i always say this like nothing's ever written in stone you know it's like you know your season's getting started now so you know what you're doing right right you probably know what you're doing for those first two visits maybe Mm. three visits but let's just say april i guess that would be what your fourth visit in april that's that's like our second so it'll be your fourth or fifth or whatever Mm -hmm. um you know you might have 70 degree weather in april Uh, i doubt that i doubt that (laughs) but i'm just saying so you have to be able to be flexible so um and that's i guess that's probably a good thing about down, especially where you are, your weather is much more consistent. You know when you're going to be a little cooler, and you know Mm -hmm. when you're going to be a lot like, really, really hot. Right. you know when it's going to be raining, typically. I mean, there are some years that are, like, ridiculous. Hell, I would remember one time I was in uh, Disney World with my family when my kids were really young, and we were there right before Christmas, like, two weeks prior to Christmas, and it was, the lows were 24 degrees every day. Oh, baby. Yeah. So, it happens, um, but you know, up here, our weather is so unpredictable anymore. Mm. Um, I mean, I—it's I mean, probably not. It's just we see it that way. You know, seems the, that way. It seems that <laughs> way. The last two years, we've been so dry in the spring, wet in the summer. It's like reverse. Um, and then we got dry again. It's like, all right, what's going to happen this year? One winter forecast says it's going to be snowy and cold. And then the other one says it's going to be dry and somewhat cold.
2: Right. What does that mean? Right. Is, so, you never know. No, nah, you don't. No. Nah, I mean, two, just two weeks ago, we had a storm roll through and it was two days of rain nonstop. And well, that brings all the disease that we don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got gray leaf spot that never went away from all the rain in some locations. Um, brown patch. Brown patch has has kicked off and i'd say it's about a month behind typically okay um so that's a good thing we got an extra month out of it (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um once you get it in my and that aspect it's gonna be there you just have to try to predict when to be ahead of it i would never have guessed you had gray leaf spot
3: down there oh yeah i would never have guessed it um yeah what does that primarily hit everything or just a, a specific grass for the most part All of
2: our warm season.
0: Wow!
3: Wow! I did not know that. I'm not a warm
2: season guy, so (laughs) it's it's in just about all of them. And honestly, it it refers back to the landscapers because we get all this heat. We're dry, dry, dry. They're dumping water on it and trying to teach them to do long and infrequent is almost impossible.
1: So that so, that battle happens all across the country I think.
2: Oh my gosh. So trying to to just get everybody on the same page is what, what
3: is going to make people listen. That's what yeah. I don't understand. It's uh ha- like it's almost like we have to have a town hall meeting in every town and and say this is how you need to water. Yeah. You're going to have less problems if you do this. I mean, it's just It's remarkable how many, like, we we battle, our big problem up here is dollar spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we get some brown patch and pythium here once in a while, but our big disease problem is dollar spot. Well, this year, dollar spot was like, (laughs) from what, what do you say, 4th of July weekend, Kevin? Uh, I I
1: may have been in sooner than that, and and we fought it right.
3: The week before 4th of July to probably mid-September, we were battling dollar spot. Um, and it had nothing to do with anything except for leaf wetness and lawns being mowed when they shouldn't, and putting mm-hmm. extra stress on it. And it's just, yeah, I know we want our lawns looking great. I get it, and we want to mowed it a certain way. But there's times where you got to skip mowing, you got to mm-hmm. raise your mowing height, you got to make sure you sharpen your blades, and it's amazing. You know, it, it's it's n- it's not nice to hear, but it is nice to hear that areas other than the northeast here aren't have those same issues that we had, uh, right. the mowing and the watering, because um, I couldn't even begin to tell you in July, I think we had close to 16 inches of rain in the month of July here. Mm. And Kevin, I think you had more, didn't you?
1: Just under 20.
3: Yeah. And, you know, watching people water their lawns, why it's raining.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, what are you doing?
0: What are you doing? It,
2: it's, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to a majority, being that my brother has a, a maintenance company, mm-hmm. I do a majority of his properties. Okay. So as the turf manager, as I like to call myself, I try to oversee the irrigation 90% of the time.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, so that's marking what it needs to be from a... a a daily schedule to you know how long the duration is um because we're running cannons i-90s to your typical rotors and mist heads or you're putting out the low volume um mist or whatever they're called which i'm not a fan of to be completely honest but i try to involve myself with every step that it takes to maintain all turf and all plants from trimming it to mowing to just weed eating. Um, I'm, like I said, fortunate enough to be able to communicate with his guys as if they're my own guys and say, Hey, you know, don't cut this week or raise your heights all the way up to whatever the mower goes at five inches. I believe Um, we don't want to take a lot off or you kind of train and get them into that realm to, bring everything all together as a whole um and and that's how we kind of sell it to some customers as well as he comes in i come in as you know the the sister company and vice versa so we can kind of keep it all in-house and have total management of what we're doing right um but that being said we still dealt with dollar spot down here just as much okay um, um you know from the same problems from mowing improperly overwatering. um homeowners out there saying oh no it's brown is dying it needs water and no it doesn't it's, it's melting away <laughs> I,
1: I, it's so wild that you are saying exactly what we ran into and we're 1200 miles away
2: it's crazy i you know listening to you guys here say the same thing as what i'm dealing with as well it, it, it's mind-blowing that it's the same. Doesn't matter what state you're in. Yeah, you
0: know.
3: And I would never have guessed if you weren't on here today. No, <laughs> it would have never came into my mind that you guys fight the same battles down there. Nope. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And, crazy. And, and,
2: and you know, for the most part, with our clientele, they're they're not here most of the time. So they travel the horse circuit, and they're up in New York, um, uh, Delaware. They're they're all over. You know, right. they they go out west as well, and so we have all summer to really build our properties up but that's a lot of times that's when we're dealing with our biggest insect issues and fertility issues uh we get some random you know diseases like i said dollar spot and um whatnot i mean i have some select properties that for the first time i've seen it was anthracnose Really, and and I was quite surprised. (laughs) Um, And that was on some paspalum that, you know, it's typically pretty good year round.
3: Yeah, Anthracnose is one of those um, up here. It was a. It's a. It used to. I'm not saying it's not a golf problem, but it used to be a major golf problem until we started top dressing more. Yep. And there's some really good fungicides out there to take care of it now, where back in the day, back when I was in golf, I mean, if you had anthracnose, <laughs> you should get your greens tested for nematodes as well, because a lot of times they go hand in hand. And uh, it, it, it's an interesting thing to hear you say that you have anthracnose down there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, like we have a lot of anthracnose on trees up here, like yep. dogwoods, mm. red maples and things like that but we don't really get it on residential turf that we know of. Right. Anybody's looking for anthracnose in residential turf up here. Um, At least I know I have not I've never seen it either. Right. Uh, But in the golf market, I probably haven't seen anthracnose up here. Oh God, it's been it's at least five years.
2: Yeah. And and honestly, so I've been in here and on my own since 19 and I haven't seen it until last month. Wow um granted the where i'm seeing it is in a neighborhood of a nicer golf course so there's a lot of traffic that comes in and out and for the most part the entire hoa is the same turf that's on the course okay so whether or not that has something to play with it are the are the homeowners members of the golf course um those particular homes i'm not sure but most of them are yeah yeah so, I mean
3: yeah it could foot traffic yeah, yeah foot transfer or they yeah, could yeah. have their own golf cart and taking it from you know the golf cart from the golf course to their house exactly walking on their lawn afterward, yeah, I mean that could definitely be
2: part of it, yeah absolutely and it's it's um being such a wide variety of of turfs, we deal with basically the same amount of diseases in each one for the most part, um you know, and they're not. I'd say the our worst one this year was the gray leaf spot. Um, it it kind of went back and forth from just just overuse of the lawn, whether it's from a, a performance standpoint or the just neglect, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it was neglect, but. You know, we, we, I don't know if you guys have heard, we dealt with all of Palm Beach County was sugarcane mosaic. Nope. So Wait, that was a, a lethal disease that came down in St. Augustine that there's no cure for it. Isn't that, is that more of a, a tobacco disease? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it came into uh, Floor TAM and there was no going back. About three to five years, replaced the yard. Oh. yeah yeah and easily transferable you step on it and transfer it the dogs you know can transfer it. birds this that and the other and there was complete hoas ripping everything out and resodding, buying their own equipment for landscape companies to come and use
1: so you're not transferring it back and forth
2: correct yeah so it came down to it where we were sanitizing all of our equipment after each yard oh it was a nightmare nightmare and it's still still around wow
3: i can't even imagine wow so yeah is there tobacco in florida
2: that where um, this could have come from or you don't see it as much anymore we deal with more sugarcane than anything that's down here um sugarcane and corn that's in our area is the biggest
0: you know
3: hell anything's possible i mean it's anything's possible Hell, we don't get army worms up here very often, but when we do, oh boy, look at, you know, it's, uh, um, I think everybody in the country had them two or three years ago. So, um, Kevin, just so you know, we got another person to add, add for the zoom list. Perfect. Our, our add, uh, know your numbers. They're coming uh, up big. So speaking um, of, speaking
1: of numbers, just want to interject real quick. How, just going through the complexity of everything you do, Evan, how do you manage this? Are you using a CRM system or is it something you've created to run your programs?
2: So I'm using a CRM system, but so I use, it's very similar to spray actually. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called pest routes and that does everything that I needed from scheduling to notifying um, homeowners to billing to route density as well. Um, So it's, it's, from what you guys say talking about spray, it's almost identical. Um,
1: I would think you would have to. I mean, you talking of how many different applications you're doing and being basically on the property every four weeks, and that could be a scheduling nightmare if you didn't have something consistent.
2: Correct, and when I first started, it was all all up here in the head, (laughs) just knowing what's what, putting it down on paper. And I finally said, no, I, I can't do this anymore. You know? And that was the same thing when it came to keeping my logbooks. So this, this program will keep track of all of my chemical usage and who's using what inventory, what we have distributing it to Perfect. each um, of us. And it's actually, it's helped me. I've been with it for almost two years now, maybe a little over, um, I don't know everything that it does, to be honest, but I I like what it does for me.
1: So how do you bill your customers? Now, is it every application is the same or are you building a price every time you go there depending on what you do?
2: So for the most part, it's pretty, I'll, I'll program out for the entire year of what they're looking for, whether it's top notch service, or it's on a every other month, you know, 60 day intervals. Um, I'll take what it I expect to have to be done and I'll break that into 12 equal payments to make life easier for them.
1: So you amateurize that out.
2: Correct. So when we do have I, and I tell them up front, listen, there are going to be issues um, depending on what it is for my own self. of the time, I just go ahead and take care of, being that that's just who I am. I'd like to take care of the customer when I can, because they take care of me when they can. Um, Now there are times where they say, hey, you know, I know you guys don't do this, but can you do a mosquito application as well? Then that's just our one-offs that I can add into our app while we're on site. Perfect. And then you can build it. I haven't done it just yet, um but you can build all of your pricing into this as well. So that way if my technicians out there, he can just go, "Oh, okay, yeah, we did a fire in application and we did an acre. Here's our price." It just automatically puts it on the invoice and sends it upon completion.
1: Now, the next question on this all, do you uh send out bills? Do you have credit card on file? How would you, how do you work yours?
2: Uh multiple, so credit card on file um i'd say we're probably 30 percent have credit cards on file um, then we have being that ideal with a lot of either property managers or landscapers versus the actual homeowner um, we just send them one monthly bill with all of the they get individual service notifications per per job but they get one monthly sum.
1: So you get a statement yeah. every month.
2: Co- correct. Yeah. yeah. So say on the 15th, they receive their invoice. <laughs> that way it covers me for the, it covers them for the first 15 week, first 15 days. And then the remaining month I'm getting paid as everything's coming through. Makes sense. And, you, and, and you're the landscapers besides your br- brother. They pay you on time. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, um, okay. they're pretty good. Um, I've weaned through a handful of them where I just tell them it's not going to work out. I appreciate what you're doing, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's just, you know, you're not, you're not keeping track of everything. Yeah. You're so, doing a job. You deserve to get
3: paid period. Correct. You got to pay yeah. your vendors, right? So right. You, if you don't get paid, you can't pay your vendors and it's a trickle down effect. So. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause it, it adds up pretty quick. We're yep. just going over numbers today in the office and
3: yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And you know it, it's yeah. we tend to be very nice in this industry.
1: Yeah, yeah. way too nice, uh, I think.
3: And you know, I mean, back in the I mean back in the day, we you know I was too. And it's uh, you know we tend. I don't know if we'll ever be able to do this, but we've talked about it before. Like, hey, you know, a plumber comes to your house, one hundred and fifty dollars just for me to walk in your door.
2: Yeah, they didn't even do anything <laughs> yet. All they did was drive there. It's 150 I, bucks. That's right. Cause I, I know exactly how to diagnose the problem and I know how to move forward to get the solution. And, and mm. that's what you're paying for. Not just the product. You're paying for expertise, not my time. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about being professional about yeah. it. And I do think that our industry is overlooked from that standpoint. And, and even just lawn care in general, as a someone who's mowing the lawn, um, You'd be surprised on what kind of names we've heard people call us. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I know.
3: You know, it goes into every part of our industry. It, it, It's, you know, I think it even happens in golf, you know, you know, I think some members just look at, you know, the superintendent and, uh, and the workers as just grass cutters, you know, right. just like I think everyone looks at, at all of us in this industry as just a grass cutter or a hedge trimmer. And, uh, it's not the case. I mean, a lot of us have education in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us are just they've taught we've taught our own self how to yeah. be good at what we do. I mean, yeah, I went to school. It was awesome. But everything I learned was out in out the field. percent. You know, and, and if you don't have that field experience, it's, it's tough to learn in this industry. Yeah, textbooks are great, you know, they're awesome. You know, these apps that they have on the phones, you know, Mm -hmm. they're great. I use them to identify things sometimes. But sometimes they come back, I'm like, yeah, that ain't it. Um, (laughs) So, you know, this real-world experience of being on the turf and, you know, looking at lawns every day, you know, it's one of the things that I provide service in in this area is to go look at lawns for my customers because, Mm -hmm. you know, I like doing it. And, uh, yeah, every once in a while, man, you go up to something and you're like, Holy crap, What the <laughs> hell is that? And uh, but for the most part, once
2: you see it now, you'll know it forever. right. and And another thing that I like to do is I have some good friends that do the same exact thing and they could be either equivalent on a, a size company wise or they're ten times the size of I am. But mm-hmm. I still call them to say, hey, you know, what are you dealing with and what's your approach on it because I've done, x y and z and it hasn't done a damn thing you know and i and
3: i there's so much con- i don't know what the competition's like in your area um i'm sure it's probably pretty great yeah uh but up here the competition's very very hectic and uh um uh, or very you know there's someone's doing lawn care like i live in a 650 home development there's probably 80 companies that do 80 to 100 companies do lawns right. in this development and you know so i can understand how that becomes you know a nightmare trying to be able to charge or to call the your buddy who works in the next town and say hey what are you saying what are you doing right but there are guys out here who are very forthcoming and i just think there's enough business out here for everybody that's Uh, always been my approach
2: A 100 i i tell people all the time like hey You know, so-and-so's called me. I know you're on that property. Uh, They're looking to see what's going on and for me to propose it. Mm -hmm. So I give a heads up all the time just Mm -hmm. because I'm cordial with them. There's no reason for me to just go out there and throw them under the bus and cut them while they're down. Exactly. There's plenty of work out there. It's just you need to know who you want to go after.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, My opinion, you don't go after everybody. You you pick a niche and you stick with it, and for me, I love turf. I couldn't tell you why, but I just I enjoy so growing grass. So do I. <laughs> um, I love it so much. I killed
3: my lawn and started over this year, and it was awesome to do. I did it two years ago.
2: <laughs> it's it's fun. Yeah, I I, um, I I just enjoy it. You know, it's I've done a couple, several grow-ins at this point, um, that and I'm getting better and better as time progresses, what we're doing as a mix, pre-plant wise, even just into the soil before we even do Mm -hmm. a pre-plant. You know, we use a lot of Miramichi and just incorporating that into the soil, which is just like a compost and um, biochar and whatnot. Um, Our last grow in, I, I finished it in six weeks and we didn't have irrigation for three of those weeks. No, so it, it's it's just something about it, just kind of gets your blood going and and trying to diagnose, trying to figure out what what is what, how to go about it. Um, I think in our industry, we're like you said, we're not just guys out here walking on the turf. We're somewhat of doctors, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. But then again, we we don't know everything. So you got to reach out to somebody and and figure out maybe they're struggling with the same exact thing and you would never know unless you asked them. You know, like, you know, we, we were talking
3: about diseases earlier and this year we battled dollar spot up here in the Northeast a lot. And, you know, everybody was using different things and, you know, trying to use the same product over and over and over and over again. And it's, you know, so part of the... I guess the, I'm not going to say blame, but part of the responsibility of a, like a, someone like myself as a distributor, you know, you got to be t- talking to people and say, yo, man, you need to rotate your chemicals and things like that. Yes, I understand propoconazole is cheap, but if you hmm. keep spraying it over and over and over and over again, <laughs> you're killing it. Yeah, And, you know, there are other alternatives out there. Yes, they might cost more money. So you charge more money. And, you know, you may need to, if you're spraying at a gallon per minute, you might need to add a wetting agent or a surfactant yeah. with that or something like a chitosan a, a type product, um, you know, things like that. So um, I, I see it a lot. And, you know, yeah, it's it's easy to look at propiconazole and it's like, oh, half ounce per thousand. It's what, $20 an acre, if that, right. um, the 41.8%. But then it, I sprayed it seven times in a row. <laughs> Why isn't it working anymore? Well, because it's
0: it's done, it's dead. Yeah, and, and, uh, and
2: just just speaking of rotation, you know, I've in the last uh, about two years, a little over two years, I've been very adamant on rotating more than typical mm-hmm. um, when it comes to doing our diseases. I use a different fungicide every month, from just on a twenty-eight day rotation. At that point,
3: Jeez. and it, it,
2: do you feel you get twenty
3: eight days out of it? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Depends on what's going on with Mother it, Nature.
2: Yeah, it okay. depends what's going on. Um, if we're active, then obviously that's a different story. Um, I think it plays a big part on your nutrition and how how everything's doing going coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the products that I use are are very. Soil mending, uh, if that makes sense, you know, being that yep. they are more of a fertility liquid, mm-hmm. um, they're they're carbon based products. Okay, and they they like you said take a little bit more time, but over time, I'm having less issues from every perspective. Agreed. Uh, now that doesn't necessarily help with weeds because you know that's a whole another story. But uh,
1: they like good soil uh, too. <laughs> yes yeah
2: (laughs) they like concrete too so it doesn't matter where they are it's true And, and it's to really know what you're going after and know what all right i need to rotate this i need to go ahead and change that um you need to know your products just as much as you need to know your numbers yep so honestly i'm not a real big reader of of books and this and that and the other, as, as bad as that may sound, but I read labels and I'll read labels three, four, five times just to, you know, (laughs) um, do you know my slogan
3: when it comes to that?
1: (laughs) It's a, wait, 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 it's not a slogan. It's a, what do they call that? Uh, When you have letters for every uh, word in it.
3: Acronym. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Go
1: ahead hit this one.
3: RTFL rtfl read the oh yeah yeah. (laughs) don't get me wrong if somebody calls me and asks me for a raid or anything like that i i do my job i tell right but i do encourage people to read labels because that's how you learn the ins and outs you know what safety equipment you're supposed to use hey am i supposed to use a respirator hey am i I would hope everybody wears gloves when they're mixing and all right. that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, hey, is it, what's the uh, interval that I can, like if you're spraying a school district or something like that, what's my return uh, policy on that product right. what, what, or whatever they call that, R. what do they call that, return? The REI? REI, yeah, I couldn't think of it. <laughs> um, you know, What is the proper label rate? You know, it's, you know, there's a lot of mis... It could be misconstrued yeah, to be- it, it very misconstrued. It's you know it's like you know look at an herbicide, right? So you are looking at it just a standard three way, and the label use rate's one point one to one point five. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great, wonderful. So if your weeds are just dandelions, yeah, one point one is going to kick kick some ass, right? Right. But if you're clover or spurge or you know things like that, probably laugh at triad or tri- three ways anyway, but. You know, there you gotta go at the 1.5 to, to yeah. get those kind of weeds, and and you know, I get it, it's a budget thing, but when it comes to weeds, you know, most people, if you control their weeds, they're, they're happy. pretty happy. <laughs> they're pretty happy. So go get the weeds, yeah. They'll tolerate a little bit less color in the summer, but Same. when they have weeds, they get pissed.
2: <laughs> yeah spend spend the the budget on post and pre-emergence yep yep um everything else for the most part is is you can build into it you know from an insecticide usage yeah um you know yeah you got your celloprene's not cheap your dialox is isn't cheap um and and use like for me i use the dialogue sparingly um just because of the, how much you have to use and what the cost of it is. Do you, is can you um, use.
1: Detri- yeah, there you go, Doug. <laughs> no, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. You're no, taking the words
3: out of my mouth.
1: You hear us talk about Tetrino. Is that yep. something that you can look into if it's available down there? Because if it's a liquid and you would absolutely love it.
2: Yeah, it, it is available down here. I've um, oh, looked into it already. I haven't used it. Um, you will
1: never buy Dialux again.
2: Yeah, that's going to be my go to for the next go around if, good. if needed. Um, I hear very good results with it. I hear a couple guys are struggling using it, but that could be with – struggling how. Yeah, yeah. It's no struggling how. Oh, um coverage. Just not not getting the knockdown, but I think it's um application error.
1: Well, I know you said Doug the grubs down there are the size of freaking hot dogs.
2: Yeah, they're sm- <laughs> they're like fo- the size
3: of fox, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it it's something that nobody wants to talk about in our industry, and it's it's like voodoo. And it doesn't matter which side of the industry you're on, and that's surfactants, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, where where does a grub control product need to go? It needs to go down, down in the soil, and, down your root zones, right? So if you have a really good thick canopy and you're not using a a surfactant, that product may never get to where it needs to be. And wasting what, what I what I don't understand is like why because they're not that expensive. I think <laughs> the problem is is that surfactants are an unknown to most because most people will sell a standard ninety ten or a standard eighty twenty. That is, uh, what's it, the the recommended rates like 32 ounces per hundred. And they do have burn potential in very hot weather.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, Where there are surfactants out here, very good surfactants that may cost a little bit more money per gallon, but But knowing your numbers, (laughs) application rates cost per hundred gallons of water because of application rates. And, you know, just like we were talking about water volume earlier with fungicides, you like two, two and a half gallons of water per thousand square feet. We're spraying at a gallon and nobody wants to use something that's going to make that fungicide work properly or better, let's say. Right. Because they're afraid of burn because yes, back in the day, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there were some surfactants on the market that smoked some stuff. And oh, yeah. I mean, smoke some stuff, but for the most part, if you're, if you have a really good salesperson, there are surfactants out here that are very, very safe. You mm-hmm. could go 500 X the rate and they're not going to burn. Yep. And, but I mean, I've heard it time and time again. I never see anything out of them. Well, what are you expecting oh. to see out of it? Right. <laughs> you're not right. going to get color out of a surfactant. I mean, you're getting better result, better coverage exactly. of exactly. the product you're putting down. Exactly. So, um, I, I, I don't know like how we get more to use surfactants, but I think I'm not saying they're the cure-all to end-all. Believe mm. me, I'm not saying that. But when it, what's our biggest thing besides disease? The biggest thing we battle in the residential market or any market for that matter is weeds. I was yeah. at a sod farm today. Um, God, I picked the coldest day of the year to go walk a sod <laughs> farm. Wow. I was freezing. Anyway, um, you know, everything looks great. And our biggest conversation was about weeds. And you know, and I'm just they battle it every weed you could ever imagine, mm-hmm. uh, except for like nutsedge edge and Green Kalinga. Uh, but every broadleaf you could imagine, goosegrass, cra- I mean, not not crabgrass so much, but goosegrass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, finally this year, we started not just from us but other companies, we started throwing some surfactants their way. And there's they started getting their weeds under control a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Um it doesn't so take much. We took a product that's really I think there's a double E label to it now that says it does do um uh goosegrass, but speed zone. Uh we yeah. took speed zone and put it in with a product of ours that is um called influence and threw that in there. And we got some really good knockdown on Goosegrass. Really good knock, wow. knockdown. And, uh, you know, it's just these little things. And for $2.50 per 100 gallons of water, it is worth the investment. Yeah. And uh, I think that's like, what is that per 1,000 square feet? I don't even know. I don't even know. But anyway, it's... <laughs> Less I get a, than
2: pennies at this point.
3: <laughs> I, I get a lot of... Uh, uh, pushback on that. Um it's literally two two and a half cents. Yeah. Um I get pushback on that sometimes and I, I've always wondered why. Um and I think it's probably because most uh companies out there all they do is sell a 90 10 or an 80-20. Yeah. And they're usually spreader mm-hmm. stickers. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, I think spreader stickers actually don't make your herbicides work better you want coverage you don't want right. it to stick to the leaf blade you want it to cover the leaf blade and uh, again that's my opinion i've seen better results with products with organosilicone silicone in it yeah. um and things like that um more than just a standard uh uh surfactant that's yeah sold on the shelf as kevin and i always talk about <laughs> so, buying, buying what's on the shelf uh, yeah um and yeah. Evan, and you know it and knowing what surfactant works the best for with every product. Right. Because not they're not all created equal.
1: No. And and to circle back when you said Evan that and even you, Doug, about most people, the biggest concern on turf are weeds itself. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. what I what I preach about all the time is if I can keep the weeds out of the lawn and I can keep proper mo height. And somewhat adequate hydration, the hmm. lawns most of the time are going to be in really good shape.
3: Yep. Just
1: they
2: a- take care of themselves.
1: If you if you take that competition out, and I and I say this all the time to the customers, you know, if I line up in a marathon and I'm the only one there, dude, I'm the winner. I, I got no competition. <laughs> well, the grass is the same way, but if you've got grass and you've got all kinds of weeds trying to infiltrate it, it can't win its race. It can't fill in the way it should. So take that competition out of there right. and man, the grass just wants to grow, especially yep. proper mow height. My gosh, I yep. talk about it all the time. It's just a solar panel. We keep cutting our solar panels in half. They're only going to get half the energy. Throw, <laughs> throw a tarp on half of your solar energy or your solar panels up on the roof. You're going to get half the return. It's There's yeah. no difference.
0: 100%. I, I, I
2: could, couldn't agree more. Um, and just maintaining those three aspects that you just mentioned are, are the key to, to having a successful lawn. Um, it, the insects and the disease are just kind of the hiccups that come through with everything else that's, if you're not mowing it uh, correctly, if you're not watering correctly, those are the results and the, the downsides that you have to deal with. That's the repercussions. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you can just maintain those three easy things, in my opinion, you're going to be successful in the industry or successful of your just your own home. Yep, 100%. So,
1: so are you, you know, I have strived to be different in my area by bridge products and, and really focusing on soil health. Mm-hmm. Are you an oddball down your way or are you, setting, are you setting trends? Are people moving your way or is there a lot of people doing what you're doing?
2: Um, I, I do think some, a lot of people are doing what I'm doing. Um, But in my small group um, that I talk to and that are in the same areas, I'm kind of the oddball out Um, because we're doing a lot more of the soil health um, and the carbon products. Um, A lot of our products are on the golf course side from the fertility of the the carbon itself, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's getting into the residential now and I, I won't turn back.
3: Uh, Um, i i i like carbon i think it's a great thing and uh you know a product that i started using myself this year and i'll start selling next year is it's actually um it's a biochar humic acid carbon product carbon based mm -hmm. product carbon based product and i gotta tell you man i between that and the black soldier fly larvae that i put down I can't believe that I had a lawn like the way I did in 5 weeks after I oh. killed killed it and sliced it in two directions. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that that did what it did, was supposed to do. No mm-hmm. doubt in my mind. So carbon is a uh, no, it's it's a how do I say this? There's some that oversell that word carbon.
0: Oh,
2: 100%. 100%. Um,
3: <laughs> just like people oversell urea, right? Um yeah. You know but at the same time i mean hell urea is carbon i mean so um but at the end of the day it's the source um just like biochar it's the source that makes it work well um so carbon is one of those things that i believe that you'll hear a lot more about it in the future um just like you know and i kind of tend to agree with kevin anymore about the word organic um, I think it's a it's an oversold word. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think there's. I think sustainable is a much better term. Um, and even what's that other one? Um, it's it's about it's like food. There's another word. Um, oh, anyway, I'll I'll think of it after I'm off the podcast. <laughs> but um, you know, just because it's organic, doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't right. mean it's safe, right? <laughs> and just because it's a pesticide, doesn't mean it's harmful either. I mean, look at isceloprin, right? Right. It Doesn't have a signal word for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, there's again marketing, right? You know, I think we get tied up into marketing instead of looking at what really the product is. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, carbon is definitely um, something that's very underutilized because they can get expensive. Yeah. Um but in the long haul, they do a lot of good. Lots, a yeah. lot, a lot of good.
2: And and honestly, from switching over to those, it it took time. I mean, it it took every bit of three months to really mm-hmm. see the difference. Absolutely. Uh, and I yeah.
1: think that's pretty quick, actually.
2: Um and <laughs> I, honestly, not according I... to not
3: according to some. <laughs> uh, well,
1: someone snuck some iron in it then.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> well, that's well, that's there's a lot of that do that. That's dog. the marketing scheme, yeah. snake oil. <laughs> I saw color, so that must be that must be working. That that's working. I saw so, color. So what yeah.
1: people people don't realize, plants don't eat carbon. They they can't consume carbon. It can all it does is help all the microorganisms that are in the soil yep. do what they're supposed to do, so they can be uptake into yep. the plant. But your plant's not going to yep. drink carbon. I mean, no. it's part of the. We're
2: feeding the soil. Yeah,
1: sure, and that's that's what a plant's job is to do. Is CO two is to take the carbon and distribute it into the soil to replenish itself. I mean, Mother Nature was no slouch. She's a pretty smart you're, girl.
3: You're you're building the foundation. That's, that's all. Right. That's all you're doing. You're building the foundation. It's cool shit. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you have that house, everything else is just gonna go
2: to that house and feed right. off of it. Bottom and, line. Yep. And and, and incorporating it all these products for, for soil health Um, from the ground up, we have properties that are like that. And honestly, I I don't do much to them. I I come and I maintain what needs to be done. Do a little spot treat here and there. Um, But from a fertility standpoint, we just continue to feed that soil and it just does its own thing.
1: It It wants to. It never loses color. It wants to. It really does. I mean, like you said, all from the beginning, whether it's Mother Nature throwing all kinds of water at it or improper watering or stressing on mowing, you know, we are the really the, the roadblocks to, to lawns. I mean, we're the ones yeah. that mess with them the most. You know, I, I was just on some today that they, oh my gosh, they scalped them for the wintertime and there's, I mean, there's nothing left and they're straw brown. I'm like, why would someone do this? It, it's crazy.
2: They, it, they They honestly, I think a lot of landscapers, they think it's Oh, we didn't take anything off of it. We need to cut it shorter now. Well, no, that's the complete opposite. Right. (laughs) Don't mow it at all, you know. Um,
3: And that goes even into the summer months when the lawn's not growing as much, right? You know, they will uh, lower the height of cut. Yeah. So they are cutting more off. Who cares how much you're cutting off? If you're cutting off a quarter inch, I, awesome. Great. Move great. on to the next one. <laughs> but then the homeowner, bitches, because they feel like you didn't mow. Yeah. So they, they want to see the stripes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, oh, yeah. don't go wrong, I love a striped lawn. I, I think striped lawns Absolutely. look incredible after a mow, right? I think it's the greatest thing ever. When I was on the golf course, I stripe and fairways, right? And greens <laughs> for that matter. But there comes a time where, you know what? You got to do what makes sense, and just mow at three and a half, four inches in the summer. Move on to the next one, and if you cut off nothing, you cut off nothing. Yeah, that's just the way it works. It's just the way it is. Just you get know, a the, just get a stripe kit. Hitch. You gradually, you gradually lower it down to like two and a half inches, and uh, but man, we go right from the max right to the bottom, and it's just like <laughs> woo,
1: that's what they're crazy, doing on mine man. right now. It's horrible. Yeah, so I can imagine. So Evan. In in wrapping up here, what do you see for the vision moving in the next five years with the business?
2: Um, I'd like to grow a little bit more. Um, I'd like to get more on the uh, sports complexes, mm-hmm. uh, baseball fields, and soccer fields and whatnot. Um, it's tough down here. It's uh, a lot of it's in-house, to be honest, um, or private clubs. So yeah. just getting in on that, but. The goal is to get a few of those areas um, and get a couple more guys under the belt. Uh, I I still would like to be in the field for another couple years. Um, But all in all, I'd like to grow it to have it be self-sustained. And, you know, the end result would be to either pass it on or sell it.
3: No, well, that should be your ultimate goal. If you have a child, right, turn it over or to sell it. I mean, that's obviously the ultimate goal. I mean, it's yeah. you know it should always be. Yeah.
2: Um, you know that in our our area of the the equestrian world is not going anywhere. Nah. Um, so being that I want to be in the sports fields side of it in the complexes, I'd like to get more of the dressage and the polo fields.
0: Sure. So you know
2: the polo fields are a much larger scale. Um and I have what it takes for equipment wise to do so. Um whether it's you know just using the big uh atom spreader or you know, we I do all of our own cultural practices, so the the top dressers, the aerifiers, the verticutters. Um I'd like to be known in Wellington for that particular um niche. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that's a course of i'd say within the next five years i think i can make a pretty significant uh, move into that direction um in the short span of four years that i've been doing it i've made a pretty significant uh impact in wellington awesome um getting in with some very well-known people well-known customers in the equestrian world um and whatever i can do to prove my part they advertise for me yeah so absolutely
1: uh, and th- you know, those are almost guaranteed sales too when that happens
2: correct uh, oh. that's the way it
3: should be i mean every every lawn should be or every uh polo field or every sports complex that mm-hmm. you do that that's your work and yeah. that's what people are looking at and that that can get you a lot of business and uh you know referrals are <laughs> you know, they're awesome. When you do good work, you get referrals. And uh, so it's, it's one of those things that I, I really truly believe that, you know, training in this industry needs to be like, treat every lawn, like it's your own. And when that, when I say that is, is that I'm not going to sit here and say that every lawn is going to look like a golf course, but take that pride and make every lawn look like a golf course. And if it can't, then make those recommendations to the homeowner so maybe it can. And not everybody's gonna buy everybody's service and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, you know, I think there is we we all and I mean all can do a better job in the industry. All of us. Yeah. And
2: I, I think um it's not always about the upsell. Mm-mm. I think it's always, in my opinion, it's the end game, what the, what the better results going to be. Yep. Uh, and just being up front with the homeowner or the property manager or the landscaper, like, Hey, you know, I see we're always struggling with this, but if we go this direction, just kind of be open to not only change, but being able to just switch it up when you, when you know you can and and just give them a better finished product right um so it's like you said the work speaks for itself and if we can do what needs to be done spend a little extra time on on the property whether it's talking to the homeowner or just hey i saw this little bit let me get the backpack sprayer or oh there's one little you know patch of weeds here let me just go ahead and make sure i hand pull that entire root system out and whatever it takes you know the little things is what people are looking at in my opinion i agree Um, so if we can do the fine details of it we'll be just fine
1: and i think growing your business is no different than growing a great stand of grass i mean Mm -hmm. it's really just focused on doing the right things the right way and it'll all come it, it all comes back to you every single time i mean yeah A business that is built off of referrals is a solid foundation that is going to stay with
3: us. 100%.
1: You know, the quick fix, blitz advertising, cheapest price, free this control, free that control to get in the door is, you know, I think a lot of our clients are getting sick and tired of those games and schemes and they just want honesty. They just want to be treated as a, Individual that may not be educated in the field, but takes comfort in you knowing your job compared to mm-hmm. just the quick blitz that's going to come on with some technician that really doesn't have any experience, but they found someone to fill the seat. Right. Agreed. And that'll go. and that'll go. That is going. I mean, that's how I grew my business. That's how you're growing your business. Doug yep. does the same. And, and many of the guests that we have on there just say the exact same thing. and They're really good foundation, solid businesses, and, and they're here to stay. They're yep, really... Yeah. They're, they're and, and tell.
2: honestly I, I don't do any advertising um it's all word of mouth and with what's on the truck going down the road that's it well awesome well,
1: uh, little little uh, more social media for you will help <clears throat> yeah, just
2: a little more social because you probably. you have some
1: you have some cool equipment i mean i think i think it'd just be very good and nice to see and especially in your, your you're in a niche with this equestrian deal i mean that's yeah that that'll yeah, it's that that's your that's our that's our quest to you is to see some more pictures so we can see more of your some of your cool stuff. That's what we want to do.
0: <laughs> I think I can work on that.
1: Good, and <laughs> you'll get customers from it. But I'm just going to be greedy. I want to see some of your tools. You got some great okay. equipment, and you know you do some specialty things, and and you're. You're treating a whole different market than we are, but you're running into the same damn problems we have up here, which is just baffling. Yeah.
2: It, it, <laughs> it is
3: baffling. It is.
2: That's why I, I enjoy listening to you guys because I'm every Tuesday. I got it on. <laughs> we, know, so
1: we, we, appreciate we appreciate that. It. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, it, it's it's it is crazy that it's the same exact things and it's almost around the same exact times. Wow, um, that's crazy. And, and just. I don't know if it's because of the year or who knows what it it could be, but um, I I just enjoy the whole, the whole concept of it all. So we, we love it too.
3: We are
1: going to, and we're going to talk about this more. We keep getting messages. We're going to do a zoom call um, on the, know your numbers and really how Mm -hmm. Doug's got some great calculators on Excel that we're going to bring up live and show people how to really figure out what is the better price per product even though the jug shows that it's more money but application rate so people have been reaching out to myself and doug please continue to do that we're going to compile a list it's not going to be after the new year but the more we can get on it the better i mean let's clog the zoom thing up but the more brains talking and and working together and sure doug and i are going to be running the zoom but it's going to be an open mic for people to jump in and bring in their experience because we are nowhere near the smartest people on earth just ask my wife she'll tell me but it'll, yeah. it'll it should be a good program. So I just I just want to put that back on on the podcast. That keep sending in your requests so we can add you to that list, and we will get an invite to everyone once we pick a date. And uh, I know Doug's going into a little bit of a showtime here going on, and then yep. then the holidays come in. So it's just going to be best after the first of the year, and yeah. and, and we'll get that all set up.
0: Awesome.
1: So, so yeah, I want to appreciate uh, and tell you, Evan, thank you so much for coming on. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm really just shaking my head knowing that you go through the same crap i are. know me too it's I would so never cool have guessed it, dude. <laughs> it, it makes everybody
2: feel a little bit better about what we're doing
3: yeah so. yeah yeah it's good to. i mean i obviously i don't want to I, I i wish we could go to a year where none of us have oh, issues and we just yeah. have green grass for a year right a nice and rebuilding just, year yeah <laughs> and where's the it's, fun it's, in that right that's true but it is comforting to know that it's you know, not just here in the northeast or just in florida or just in oklahoma or somewhere mm-hmm. else that are having to having these issues it's everywhere yeah and, and yeah. uh and next week we know. have
1: next week we have a guy from north carolina so now we're going to get right in smack in the middle or transition yeah. to warm back and forth so you know we're going to see all right what do you have that we have it's going to be cool we can tie this thing all together
3: Well, I I, I don't know who that gentleman is, but I hope it's the area of North Carolina where one side of the (laughs) the town is tall and the other side of the town is Bermuda. So that'll be an interesting concept. Well, we'll
1: we'll keep everyone on their toes wondering where it's going to be in North Carolina, even though I do know I'm not going to mention it. But again, (laughs) Evan Knowles, Elite Environmental Solutions in Wellington, Florida. I do know of the place. It's beautiful. It's down in southern Florida where my family is from. We sure appreciate you spending so much time. We Likewise. look forward to talking to you again and seeing some cool pictures on social media, hopefully soon.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, I, I enjoyed talking about everything. And hopefully, we can do it again and and uh, just keep the grass growing. Yes, sir. We'd Absolutely. love
1: to. All right, guys, have a great week, and we will catch you next week.
0: Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. We are always interested in topics you want us to dig deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question from the link in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends so we can all be better turf managers and successful entrepreneurs.